Well, it's good to be uh, worshiping with you and back with you this morning. Uh, we're going to be looking at Jeremiah chapter 18, uh, verses 1 through 11. It's known as the potter's house and uh, the passage of the potter. You may notice there's some uh, pottery uh, around today, a potter's wheel symbolism to point us to the text, if you want to uh, follow along as I read momentarily. Uh, this was the first time I'm preaching from this text, and I was sharing with Edie. I, I don't think I, I must have unintentionally been avoiding it because my brother and I, my older brother and I, always joked to my father that this was the message we most often heard him preach when he was a, a pastor. And I mean, to this day, we still say, hey, how, how often are you preaching that potter's message? Uh, we got so tired of it. And we moved several times to different churches. And when we heard we were moving, we were not stressed or worried or upset over the fact that we had to start a new school or find new friends. We were upset because we knew we'd have to hear the potter's message again. Uh, that's how troubling it, it was to us. And even this, I don't know if it was this last Thanksgiving or the one before, uh, my father was saying, well, they've asked me to preach at this, uh, at this uh, church in a few weeks, and both my brother and I keep like, you're going to do the potter's message? Is that like, is that the one you're going to do? And so I think I've avoided this text uh, for that reason. I don't know, but it is a, a beautiful passage of scripture, and I hope that some of the, the pottery we have here can uh, help add to the message as we recognize the art of, of pottery and other gifts that God has given us. But would you please stand for the reading of God's words, Jeremiah 13, verses 1 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you a message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hand, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, house of Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand house of Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do it. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says, look, I am preparing disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I love preaching out of the book of Jeremiah because I love talking about Jeremiah. And it's just a beautiful book. And the most amazing thing to me about Jeremiah, this prophet that was faithful for 40 years, for almost 40 years of faithfully proclaiming, proclaiming the message of God and calling the people of Israel back and calling for people to repent. I mean, he was as faithful as anyone could be. And it's, I'm not overstating it when I say for almost 40 years, nobody listened. Nobody listened. I mean, there were a few along the way, but for the most part, the people just rejected his message, just rejected him. And I started to think about that. What if, what if, you know, in my time or in my ministry where God has called me or whether God has called you to serve, what if it didn't work out the way that we thought? I mean, God, we're being faithful. We've been faithful with our education, so now I should be able to get this job or I should be able to teach in this program or at this school. And, but yet for 40 years, nothing happens. The results weren't happening the way that he liked. And yet the other reasons I love Jeremiah is that he truly loved the people of Israel. We see throughout this book, more than any other prophets, we get to know him and see his personality and see his, his weeping and grieving and, and longing for the people of Israel to return to God. 
We see him also questioning God and and being frustrated with God and wondering why God isn't acting or moving in a certain way. And, And we see all that. And we go through those things. I'd encourage you to read the book of Jeremiah. Because you'll see that what he goes through, the ups and downs and and the challenges and the questions and and the doubting, we all go through that. But yet he was still faithful. He was still faithful. At one point, in fact, in some ways I would say he was getting ready to hand in his resignation. He was ready to to just give it all up and, and turn from God. And he himself turned from God, but he continued to remain faithful. He had confidence in God and his promises. And Anytime I come to the book of Jeremiah, I like highlighting that and reminding us of that because it allows me to challenge you with a question or ask you a question. Is God enough for you? If all else failed, if, if what you had planned, if the relationship did not work out, if, if the career did not work out the way that you hoped, if sickness or disease enters your family and there is not healing the way you would like to see healing, whatever it may be, is God still enough for you? Will you have enough faith and confidence in His promises that He will never leave you or forsake you? May the grace of God just be so shed abroad in our hearts and lives and minds that we will remain faithful no matter what may come. Yes, Jeremiah is a beautiful, beautiful book. I'd encourage you to read it. For God was enough for him. And in this text, in the 18th chapter, we see that God is giving uh, Jeremiah a message. He spoke to him in many different ways. And, And here he tells him, so I want you to go down to the potter's house. I want you to go down to the potter's house. And pottery was one of the earliest of all trades. One of the earliest of all trades. And as the clay was in the hands of the potter, under the control of the potter, he was forming it and shaping it to what he seemed his best. And sometimes I realize, as as we see in verse 3, so I went down to the potter's house. God said, go down to the potter's house. What did Jeremiah do? So I went down to the potter's house. Verse 5, then the word of the Lord came to me. See, he had to be faithful in the little things. It almost made, me, made no sense. What do you mean go down to the potter's house? What do you mean? Go, that, that's, what's the point of that? But he was faithful in the little things. And we have to be faithful in the little things to maybe hear the message or the call that God has for our lives. So I went down to the potter's house. Then the Lord gave me a message. And I want to encourage you that we must be faithful in the little everyday things that you so quickly dismiss. You need to be faithful with your homework. You need to be faithful in your schoolwork and be a good steward of it. Because God is planning a a future for you. And granted, God is working in your life now, I understand that. But your faithfulness in the little things now and the everyday things that God is calling to you is preparing you for something so great you can't even imagine it. But we must be faithful in the little things, even if it doesn't seem to make sense. He told me to go to the potter's house. I went down to the potter's house. We have a difficult time hearing from God. If, if the word, I've noticed if the words of my mouth or the meditations of my heart are, are angry or frustrated or there is a bitterness in me towards, towards anybody or towards anyone, I've, I've noticed that I have a hard time communing with the Lord because there is something in my heart and my life where there is not faithfulness there. I've shared with many of you that I often daily pray, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord. I wish I could tell you that every day I do great in that. But I notice on the days that I struggle, I notice on the days that I harbor bitterness, I notice on the days where I think or wish things would go differently or God should act in a different way or someone in my family should act a different way or or a colleague, I notice if I hold on to that bitterness, it's hard for me to hear the voice of God. So we must be faithful in the little things. Then the word of the Lord came to him. So I went down to the potter's house. And as he watched the potter, we read this, then the word of the Lord came to me. The Lord said, can I not do with you, house of Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, house of Israel. This is a beautiful yet challenging text 
because there is this there is this divine sovereignty at work and yes there is also this human responsibility we're called to it's not like that that god just has complete control of us and we're just robots and whatever god wants or does with our life however he wants to shape or mold our lives in the hands of the master we have no say it's not that there is a human responsibility there is a human choice there is a decision you must make Will you surrender your life to the hands of God to allow God to make you into the masterpiece that he has planned for you? And at the same time, there is divine sovereignty where God is in control. God is leading and guiding. If you surrender your heart and your life to him, the the master can make beautiful things. So have you done that? Have you done that? Have you surrendered to the hands of God? of the master, and allow the potter to shape and mold you individually, or even a community, into a beautiful masterpiece. Again, it is a mystery beyond what we can understand, or I can articulate this, this, this tension between a divine sovereignty and our own human responsibility. But that is what we are called to. That is what we're called to. So we need to be faithful in the little things, to hear how God is, is calling us and what God has planned for our life. And surrender to the hands of the potter to allow him to take our life and and let it be glorified for his honor and his glory. Faithfulness. Surrender. Faithfulness in the little things. I heard some of you, I've heard several of you already, freshmen, um, someone had asked a question to me about the will of God for their life. And um, I've heard that actually a couple times, not just from freshmen, even in the last few weeks. And I know that's a big question at your age, and it should be. And this is how I respond to that question, especially coming from college students. Uh, So some will say, well, what is the will of God for my life? And I'll say, well, do you have any homework at this time? If they say yes, I say, go do your homework. That's the will of God for your life. (laughs) That's not a joke. That's serious. I'm I'm being serious. (laughs) Rest in that while you're here. You know that you're supposed to be faithful in those little things. You know you're supposed to be faithful in, in doing your... That is the will of God for your life right now. The other things will work out as you continually be faithful in the little things. God will continue to reveal to you where God, where he is leading. I never thought I'd be chaplain here at, never thought I'd be chaplain here at ENC, never planned on it, but that's the way God has directed my life, and I, and I give God praise for it. Edie never thought she would be blessed with such a godly, wonderful uh, man of God that would just represent the beauty of marriage in her, anyway, sorry. <laughs> but he blessed you anyway, so there you go. Being faithful in the little things to hear to the voice of God. The Lord said, go to the potter's house. So I went to the potter's house. Then the word of the Lord came to me. And as he watched the potter shaping and forming, God is saying, I want to do this with my people. It is a hard chapter to read. We hear God speaking very strongly about judgment and that there must be repentance and the wrath of God. But too often we look to these Old Testament passages, these Hebrew scriptures, and we see an angry God. I would encourage you to think, this is a God of grace. This is a God of mercy. If they repent, oh, if they repent and turn back to me, they will be forgiven. I don't know if there's anyone here. See, for Israel, for example, they used to be, they were faithful followers of God at one time, but then they turned back at some point. Again, that human, that human freedom and that divine sovereignty, and God won't make someone continue to follow. They have the freedom to choose of whether they want to turn from God and And I'd like to challenge you and ask you the question, maybe there are some here today that were faithful followers of God at one time. 
That you truly did surrender to God. That you truly were surrendered to the hands and working of God over your life. But since then, maybe something along the way has happened where little by little, you began to just walk in a different direction and leave God behind. I'm not talking about the sin that you may be struggling with, that you're trying to gain victory over. I'm not talking about just learning and, and growing in grace and that we're going to stumble along the way. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I don't, some of you carry too many burdens. You think when you make the smallest mistake or the smallest sin that God has left you or abandoned you. That's not the type of God we serve. And that's not what, what's described here when we look at the potter's house. This is a willful choice to turn from God every area of your life and walk away from God. That's what the people of Israel have done here. And the heart of God is broken. The heart of God is broken and pleading through the prophet Jeremiah, call them back to me. Call them back to me and allow me to work out my plans and good purposes for their life. Allow me to make their life a masterpiece. For me, I was 17 or 18 years old, and it was then that I began to turn from God. It all started... This may not surprise you with a relationship as often as it does because we often put relationships and they often become idols. And we worship the relationship instead of God because we put other people first. And you know, that can even happen on Christian campuses among good Christian couples. And it was in those decisions and in those days where I continued to, to turn from God. And, you know, I would say that I loved God and I would even uh, debate with people, I don't need to go to church every Sunday. I don't need part of the Valley Stream Church of Nazarene anymore. God loves I do my devotion. Hey, I read our daily bread almost like two, three times a week. <laughs> but that was me just making excuses. That was me just lying to myself. Trying to justify why I was running from God. And like the people of Israel whether corporately in a nation or individually, when we do that, the heart of God is broken. And God calls us back. I think the things that I grieve still to this day is the pain that I caused others during that time. I know that God has forgiven me. I know that God's grace, I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've done, the grace of God is much greater than any of that. And you can be forgiven and you can be set free from anything that you're carrying. And you can find healing and wholeness. And we're, as a community, here to journey and help you with that through prayer, through we have a counseling center, professors are here to pray with you and help you and as you earn your degree, all of that. I don't care where you've been. The grace of God can, can heal you, forgive you, but I still do grieve. The pain that I caused others. See, because God had a better plan for my life than that in those days. God could have used me in a lot more ways instead of me harming others. I could have been used by God for much greater things. Who knows what? But I am thankful for the grace of God. So if you too were one time a follower of God, know that today God is calling you back. And His grace is for you today. It is time, as it says in verse 11, to turn back to God. Turn from your evil ways, each one of you. And reform your ways and your actions. I heard a beautiful song uh, over the summer. It's, it's actually a hymn of confession. And I had never heard of that before, a hymn of confession. And, and over and over again, it's called, Lead Us Back. Just lead us back to you. It's this, this artist just singing, Lord, lead us back. We, we're a valley of dry bones. Lead us back to life in you. 
We become a talent show. Lead us back to life in you. We've been throwing heavy stones. Lead us back to life in you. Continue to give your life back to God into the hands of the potter. But the line that really stirs my heart and causes me to grieve is, you have caused the blind to see, and we have blinded them again. You have caused the blind to see, and we have blinded them again. Lead us back. Lead us back to life in you. So as we begin this, or conclude this first week of this school year, and it has been a wonderful and beautiful week, but it has also been a very challenging week. For we were reminded of just how fragile life is, even at your age. And I want to thank every faculty and staff, and I want to thank every student that has helped uh, the Fields family and was here last night um, for the memorial service. And maybe it's just because of the service or what, but gospel choir, that was the most, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. It's been a good week. It's been a hard week. But God is with us. And if you have not yet made that decision to turn your life over to him, I want to encourage you to do that today. Or if you have been one that has made a mistake like I did for quite some time, that has turned from God, I I want to give you this opportunity to be brought back, to allow God to lead you back, to be forgiven, to be in a right relationship with God again. There is no more beautiful way to do that than when we come to the Lord's table. Before the trays are going to be, you're going to be served today by your faculty and as the trays come by, I'm going to ask you to take a little cup, and there's a wafer, and you just take that and hold it. We're going to take together. And once everyone's been served, I'm going to give you a few moments as a, for a prayer of confession, we call it. And in a silence beyond words, you can just have a, a conversation with God conf- confessing your sins and saying, God, come into my heart and come into my life. Or Lord, come back into my heart and life. I truly want to serve and follow you. God is calling us back individually, and he was calling back the nation of Israel here corporately, And I want to conclude with this. This is also about our community. It is also a call for us, for the community to surrender to the hands of God, to the potter, to allow God to shape and form us as a community to what he wants us to be. I've learned something about clay recently. It's not just clay. It's not just one piece. You Actually, the proper term would be a clay body, which I'd never heard. For a clay body is composed of many different things. And then the potter takes it, shapes it, and forms it. That appears as one piece, but it's actually one piece of many things. So let us allow the potter, God, to shape and form us. The Student Government Association came up with a theme for the year called Infused. Uh, They got that word from... uh, Uh, the message translations, which is not scripture, it's actually a paraphrase of scripture. And I've heard some of you giving them a hard time about using the message instead of actual scripture uh, for their theme for the year. But when I spoke to them and asked about Infuse, it was this desire to gather together wherever we are in our journey, whatever our backgrounds, whoever we are, that we be infused by God. To become one, to to gather together as one and be infused by God. So maybe the message isn't biblical, but that desire is biblical. And we give God praise for that. So I'm going to ask the faculty that, have, that are going to be serving you to come forward at this time.
And what's going to happen momentarily as they serve you again, a tray will be passed. And as the tray passes, you just take a, uh, a little cup and a wafer and hold that. And I want to tell you a little bit about um, us here at the church at uh, Eastern Nazarene College. We believe in an open table. And what that means, what that means is that all are welcome to come to the Lord's table. All are welcome to take part. I'm going to ask Jenny and Dr. Owens if you can begin handing out the trays, if that be okay. So all are welcome to take. Before we take the elements, we do ask that you take them reverently and respectfully, so I'll give you an opportunity for a prayer of confession, just between you and God. You don't need to confess to your neighbor or anyone else, just between you and God, to prepare your heart and to prepare your life to truly serve and follow God. Finally, I'm going to ask this. I'm just going to ask for reverence and silence as the elements are being served and as we partake. It is a sacred, it is a sacred and holy time, and I ask for you to respect that. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, We have heard from your word. We have sung of your greatness through song. We have celebrated new members of our community. And now as a community, as we gather together at your table, may we all just surrender to your will and to your way for our lives and for this community, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Faculty, please serve our community. Falling down upon our knees, sharing now in common shame. We have sought security, not the cross that bears your name. Fences guard our hearts and homes, comfort sings. A siren tune. We're a valley of dry bones. Lead us back to life in you.
Please stand. The Lord himself ordained this holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and wine emblems of his broken body and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples. Let all those who have with true repentance forsaken their sins and have believed in Christ unto salvation draw near and take these emblems and by faith partake of the life of Jesus Christ to your soul's comfort and joy. 
Let us remember that it is the memorial of the death and passion of our Lord, also a token of his coming again. Let us not forget that we are one at one table with the Lord. Let us pray. And in a silence beyond words, between you and God, offer up your prayers of confession. Allow him to lead you back to him and surrender to the hands of the potter. Amen. Hear these words. Hold on to them forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you, and be thankful. Together in closing, I'd like us to just sing the doxology. The words will be up on the screen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Can we thank our potter, Jeremy, this morning? Jeremy is going to take this, which he prepared for us today, and then make this for us, as well as a plate and a pitcher, a set for communion. And so he needs to do those after chapel. So if you don't have class, you're certainly more than welcome to stay around and talk to Jeremy and see him work on this. But these will serve as a reminder to us, Jeremy, of your time here. So thank you. Go in peace. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful weekend.